I'm Arya Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W. Using X's and O's, along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. Peeps. Folks, we got something very controversial for this topic, uh, for this episode. So bear with us. Uh, we're not going to get it. We're not going to get into the mud of it. But what we will do is, well, what our topic is. Let's just jump right in. Our topic is top five current coaches in the WNBA. Eli, you ready for this one? You know it. All right. So I'll, I'll go first with my list. Um, and I have a cop out in it, so I'll even I'll even give you that one. But here we go. My list at number one is Cheryl Reeve and Minnesota Lynx. Number two of the Phoenix Mercury, Sandy Brandello. Number three, and this might be a shocker, Kurt Miller of the Connecticut Sun. Number four, Brian Agler of the LA Sparks. And number five uh, is going to be a hold spot for the new coaches, for Katie Smith and Nikki Collin. What's your okay, reaction? I, I strongly agree with your list. You strongly? On many accounts. All right. All right. Let's go through it. Let me hear your list, and then let's, uh, let's get into the, the thick of it. So I, we agree on that one, but I think that's pretty universal. Number two, Brian Agler. Number three, Sandy Brondello. Number four, Kurt Miller. And number five, Bill Lambeer. So so obviously I think something that you're going to be coming at me about is the Brian Agler. You got him at two. I got him at four. Um I'll lay out my thoughts on it currently. Now, obviously, I'm not trying to take anything away from Brian Agler. The man's got two titles with two different teams, the only head coach to do that. But what I'm looking at is I'm saying Agler's done a lot of greatness, but currently right now, I think Kurt Miller's got a step on him. And, and that's just the person who's right above him. The reason I think Kurt Miller has a step on him is just looking at the rosters. I think the Sparks have, have, a, better, have a much better roster than the Sun. Now, the Sun have been have been coached very well to the point where they are a competitive team. Now, that's not to take away from the skill set of the Sun. I just think the coaching that the Suns have, without that coaching, their team would be a would a, would be a much bigger drop than let's say the Sparks would have if they didn't have the coaching of Brian Agler. Um thoughts on that? What's your rebuttal? I mean, Kurt Miller did an excellent job last year, and I thought he deserved Coach of the Year. If I had an official vote, that would have been my vote. Um, but again, that was one year. You know, he's been there as head coach for a couple seasons, and I believe he's going to continue to grow that franchise and do a great job. But Agler has two titles with two different teams. So if you want to say, oh, it's because he has Candace Parker and NECA. I mean, yeah, he does have a very talented roster, but at the same time, he, you know, they also, he also did it in Seattle with a roster that had talent, but not to the degree of this Sparks team. Um, I also think it's easier said than done to actually get stars to buy in. I mean, Candace Parker hadn't won a title until Brian Agler got there, and now they've been to back to back finals. So obviously something he's doing is getting star players who could easily tune out the head coach to not tune out, but instead to buy in. And I just think when you look at the way that team plays defense, you can see the imprint, the coaching staff 
has on the team. I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, there's there's points to it. To me, it's just Kurt Miller currently. Like, all right, let, in my mind, if Kurt Miller has one ring to him, you know, has one ring in his pocket, let's say, I think Kurt Miller, first of all, has had two extremely well coached seasons. Those These last two have cemented him as a top five coach in this league. Now, I don't think either of us are arguing about that. We both have him on our list. Uh, to me, the the uptake from two years ago to last year and then from what I'm going to assume is going to take place in this season, a jump from last season to this season, I got Kurt Miller number three on my list. Um, I'm curious for you, your positioning on Brondello. Yeah, I think Sandy is a, an elite coach in this league. I I, I think her, um, Brian, and Cheryl are like one, two, three, and that's the top tier for me. And um, you know, she won a title, and I mean, look at last year. I mean, she really, if if, if not for Kurt Miller, you could have given her coach of the year because think about all the injuries from from Griner missing time to Tarazi having to sit out more um, to a, somewhat of a very flawed roster, and she got that team, you know, to the Western Conference Finals. Well, I guess there's no conferences in the playoffs anymore, but to the semifinals, and they knocked off Connecticut in the playoffs. True. No, I mean, I think I think Brondello has done a very underrated job of coaching. I know she every once in a while gets a lot of attention, but she is. I mean, I think she's coached her team, and that's why I had her above Agler and, and Miller, because she's coached her team to a point where they are – it's it's almost as if she is a star player on their roster. The the effectiveness and the need that the team has to succeed for her. Did you agree with that? Yeah, I mean she's very good by all accounts. The players have a lot of respect for her. They love playing for her. They'll run through a brick wall for her. You know, but look, they they matched up against LA last year, and yeah, obviously LA had the more talented roster, but still, I mean. I think, you know, L.A. swept them and was able to kind of double-team Griner, and they didn't really have an answer for it. And, again, at that point, you're kind of, look, I mean, Agler has one more title than her, and Brondello could change that this year. So I think for me, it's kind of, I look at it as Reeve is the clear one, and then Agler and Brondello are right there in that top tier. So I'm not, you know, if someone wants to put Brondello as you know, two like I'm not going to have a major disagreement with that. I yeah. look at it as a top tier there. I hear that. I, I guess my bone to pick. I don't think Kurt Miller belongs in the top tier yet. I, I think he, he he can get there and has the potential to get there. But I like to see, you know, again, what if Connecticut missed the playoffs this year? Then all of a sudden, he's coached three years and had one good year, and you're 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 there already putting him over coaches that have titles. So I think. That's a, a little bit ridiculous and premature. Okay. All right. Let's let's debate this though. You got your number five versus my number five, and look, I, all the respect for Bill. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I took a non-conventional route for my number five. But what? Why is Bill number five on your book? Because in my book, I struggled to put him as number five. Like he honestly didn't cross my mind to put him number five. Um, just because of the way that New York has struggled of recent. Well, uh, number 
five was tough. I, you know, like I said, I thought there was a clear one, two, three. I thought Kurt Miller was, you know, number four. And, you know, I'm like, okay, let me put it this way. I'm not going to put a first year coach on my top five for me. So that ruled out Nikki Collin, who I think is going to do a great job. Katie Smith, who I think has a lot of potential. Um, I'm just not going to put a first-year coach on the list. So let me clarify that to make it clear. So that kind of ruled them out. You know, then I'm looking at these more veteran coaches, and it's really tough. I, I thought about Pokey Chapman, who took Chicago to the finals, and, you know, Chicago really hadn't had any success until she got there. And I think I've liked her move so far in Indiana. Um, Mike Tebow. I thought about who has always been a successful coach. Um, his teams are always competitive. Um, I, you know, I might really have put him there at five as well. Um, and you know, I think Dan Hughes just has a little bit more to prove in Seattle. Uh, uh, Fred Williams needs to prove a bit more. So I didn't really have them in my top. Amber Stocks, kind of same thing with Katie Smith and um, Nikki. I know it's her second year, but I still kind of. It's just too soon to tell. It's not a knock on her at all. I'm a big fan of of her, and I think she'll do a great job in Chicago, but I think it's just a little too soon. So essentially, for me, it boiled down to Tebow, Chapman, and Lambeer as far as veterans who have had a degree of winning in the league. And I think for me, at the end of the day, it's just – you know, Lambeer has three rings, and I understand it was a long time ago, but I guess I'm just a little bit more a sucker for titles. It's kind of the same reason I put Agler ahead of Miller and ahead of Brondello. I think that's kind of my tiebreaker. I think if anyone wanted to argue for Chapman or Tebow at five over over Lambeer, I wouldn't really argue with them. I kind of It's almost a three-way tie in my mind, but I'm going to put the tiebreaker to, towards championships. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, for me, it's much more so. I, I think we're both viewing it in slightly altered ways. Um, for me, I will include a first-year coach only because I almost view this the same as making way too early like season award predictions. All right, I'm looking at it as who's the best coach right now. But for for these new coaches like Katie and Nikki, and and I completely agree about Amber Stocks. For these coaches, I look at it much more so. I have to look one season down the road. If their team is successful, how dependent on them that is is that success? And that's kind of how I view a lot of the coaches. And and I kind of went down the list similar to you. Dan Hughes, got to prove more to me, right? Uh, Bill Ambier, in all honesty, currently, I'm in the mindset of you got to prove more to me also. And that's why. And I've had that mindset for the past two years with the Liberty. So moving forward to Vegas on a new team, everything like that, I understand that the team's going to be much more reliant on him for uh, their success, but I don't think necessarily that he's proved he has proven enough for me. Um, and looking at these other teams, Pokey Chapman also she could be in the discussion. Um, you know, uh, uh, Mike with Washington, I, him also. But I think for me, more than anything, Katie and Nikki's teams are going to rely super heavily on them. And so for me, if I have to look one year down the road. I'd say one of them is going to fill in that top five spot as if we were voting for, you know, the award for that position uh, at the end of the season. 
the thing I'll say this though, the thing with Lambeer is a lot of people say, Oh, his titles were a long time ago, but you have to remember New York has been the number one seed the last three seasons in the East and I understand that they flamed down the playoffs, but you have to remember like last year they won in like a one and done situation. Like, you know, it's not the NBA where, okay, is it best of seven and they're getting swept every year. Uh, or like the Toronto Raptors where they literally can't win a game year after year against Cleveland. You know, I feel like Lambeer has had an elite team the last three years and they've fallen short in the playoffs, but they've been one of the top, they've been at the top of the league in rebounding and defense, you know, the last three years. And I've criticized the offense. I mean, I tweeted that you can't win a title with the eighth ranked offense. And that's why he's fifth for me. You know what I mean? I'm not putting him one or two or three, but I think that the defense and rebounding he's established in New York and the fact that they've been that top seed and finished third last year and had a 10 game winning streak, you have to give him some credit for that. And then you factor in the three rings he already has. And I think for me, that's why he just, you know, bring, I think that's why I put him over Chapman and Tebow. I think, but, but I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm going to have to like go back at that. Trophies to back it up. He's got trophies to back it up, but that Eastern Conference stuff doesn't really hold for me because, I mean, look who's there. Atlanta got to see a championship once, all right? Uh, Indiana got to go to the championship once or twice. They won it once, uh, and they're the only other team besides Minnesota and Phoenix and Sparks who have won it at all. I mean, Chicago got a chance at the finals. They couldn't get it done. New York is a team that has perennially been a leader in their conference but has just flamed out completely in the playoffs. and. And the Western Conference has dominated. So for me, you know, like, yeah, he's had some success in the in in the regular season. And and I might be mistaken, but the the scheduling was slightly different when it was broken up by conference. And the scheduling is now a little bit different. So to like to me, I hear what you're saying, but I like the questions that I had two years ago didn't get answered. And then I had those like I had those same exact questions last year, and now I have that same exact question, and now he's not with the team anymore. So for me, yeah, at a but, certain... But, but I'm putting him fifth. You're acting like I'm putting him, like, in the top three. You know what I mean? No, no, I hear you. But, like, I mean, I just don't view this... I just don't think... I For me, his coach... Like I, like I said, I view it as a coach... Like, the coaching levels are done by a team and how dependent they are for their coaching. The Minnesota Lynx, like, would be still a top talent team but they would not be in constant contention day in and day out if it was not for Cheryl. Uh, the Phoenix Mercury last season, perfect example of how dependent they are on, on great coaching. Uh, Connecticut Sun, I just think that... I think, I think this, yeah? this season's going to tell us a lot because yeah. Amber Stocks, Pokey Chapman, and Bill Ambeer all have really high, highly, and even Dan Hughes, they all have really, and Fred Williams, they all have really talented rookies and we'll kind of see which of those teams kind of takes a leap into that playoffs and then we'll see what Nikki Collin and Katie Smith do but like I said I didn't consider um, Smith or Collin just because for me I'm not I, I still have to see wait and see so again that's not a knock on them I'm not saying they're six through 12 I'm almost just saying I only considered nine in my rankings and then again it ultimately comes down to then Tebow, Chapman, Lambeer, um, 
Fred Williams, and I just feel like overall Lambeer's done enough in the past and recent present um, to get that slight nod. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to fight hard against that. Um, I do, I do have my own issues. Like for me, it's very much so. Like, are there coaches that at the end of a game, I'm going to immediately be like, let me think back to like questionable timeouts or not timeouts or questionable fouls slash not fouls. Um, and am I going to automatically kind of side with the coach without thinking about it too much? Or am I going to go, we got to look at this because I don't really trust this coach fully. Um, so to, for me, that kind of boiled down to what it was, is the the top five are coaches that for, or I guess the top four, very strongly, I say like, I have full confidence in their call. And then there wasn't necessarily another coach who I felt that full confidence in. Yeah, I mean, I think... Well, I'm curious why you left Tebow off the list. For me, he's almost right there with Lambeer. Like I said, if, if I had the big one, I'd just tie-break it with the championships. I mean, he left the team with a lot of injuries to the semifinals. And, you know, I, I guess well, why is he being left off your list? Because, again, you're, you're talking about do you trust a certain coach, and it's kind of like, you're, you're giving the fifth spot to coaches that haven't been in that situation. I don't really think that's fair. No, I agree with you. Um, for me personally, it's it's uh, it's a combination of things. You know, never that, like, he doesn't have a ring, and obviously I can only knock him so much for that uh, because he's never had a team who's had the ability, like, had the likes of Elena Deldon before, right? But, and, and maybe maybe I'm knocking him too hard for the lack of a ring now that I think about it more. He was up there as, like, if we were going a top list, like a top 12 list, um, I would probably put him around the sixth spot or the five spot. For me, it, because it's been that length of time where they've kind of struggled to get past a point, I kind of, I look at it, uh, I'll almost make the comparison to how you look at bringing in a new player of, you know, after a while, if it hasn't been working, you know, bring in somebody new or, like, give somebody new a shot. So my my number five was almost more of a, giving them a shot, especially for someone, you know, someone like Katie, obviously everybody has talked about for a very long time about how she's ready for this, blah, 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 all that jazz. So like for me, it's much more of a, the number five spot. No one's solidified in my mind that they should be that spot. So I was going to give it to somebody and say, here's your chance, you know? Yeah, I guess for me, if I was going to go with a newer coach, I would go with Amber Stocks just because... Um, you know, she has a year under her belt, and I think that she, she, again, Chicago had a very flawed roster, and they had a lot of, like, roster turnover, so I really don't look at the record last year to judge, but I think by midway through the season, that team started to figure some things out, and they led the league in assists, and I think when she gets the right personnel, that team, you're going to see how they move the ball and play a very modern style. And, you know, her ability to embrace analytics brings a lot of potential. So, you know, again, she's someone I, you know, would have maybe put there, if not for the fact that we're kind of, again, it's just a little, for me, it's still just a little too early. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and again, kind of, yeah. I think we're both kind of in agreement that there's, like, kind of a top four that we see and that it's kind of, we're both saying, we're both being positive and not negative and saying, the door's kind of open for someone to like break into that top five with their performance this year. Definitely. I mean, the door's always open. Hey, come on in. It's Applebee's. But like, 
you know, like, like for any coach, it has to be like, they make their team that much better. And, and again, we're being pot, like you said, we're being positive and, and we're not trying to knock on any coaches though. It's kind of like, for instance, there's some teams in the league, how we spoke about with our power rankings of the teams, there's certain teams that, you know, their, their play is just the, on that top tier and some teams aren't there yet, not to say that they don't have very talented rosters and they don't have the ability to get to that level or to even next year when we're having this discussion, it could be completely different. Um, Eli, we have a lot of exciting news that we're going to be releasing to the folks over the next few weeks. So get it. So we want to like get everyone excited. Um, one of the things we're going to be announcing as just a little sneak peek is going to be a four ticket giveaway to the home opener for the Dallas Wings, which I know you would love to win and get to see Azrae Stevens live. Um, what is another? Uh, what's something that you're excited about for this coming season that you want to kind of give a give the folks an eye into? Yeah, you know, we're excited to announce that we're we're hiring a staff, and we're going to announce some of those hires later this week and early next week. Um, we're bringing in um, a few beat reporters who are going to cover. Um, a couple teams each and you know they're going to be live tweeting the games they're going to be you know writing articles of news and analysis um you know you'll still hear from us we're still going to be running the show on the pod and we'll be covering some teams ourselves but you know we're really opening up this community and we're you know when you see who we're bringing in i think you're going to be excited we're bringing some well-trained journalists people that have covered the nba people that have you know, gone to very esteemed journalism schools, um, um, you know, former Division One women's coaches. So uh, I'm very excited and, um, to just really fully cover the league. You know, I think we've done our best to give you guys a taste and cover it all by ourselves, but there's too many great players and stories for two people. So that's very exciting. And, and if you're listening, we actually have an application out. So maybe maybe one of our listeners is um, a writer themselves. Yeah. Hey, if you are, contact us. Contact Eli.h at WNBAinsider.com. Again, the email is Eli.h at WNBAinsider.com. Folks, we're really excited about all the stuff we got coming out for you guys. And so make sure... Pay attention to all the different forms of social media because we've got exciting stuff coming through. And again, this has been Aria Schwartz along with Eli Horowitz, the WNBA Insider Show. Each week we cover different topics important to the W, key stats, X's and O's, and honest critical analysis. Thanks so much and make sure to tune in.